Shut up and sit down. Gentlemen, it is Sunday night, which means it's the Not A Real News broadcast or weekend news roundup or whatever the hell we're calling it these days. I'm not even certain. I don't know. But it's it's Sunday night. Uh, I'm going to discuss some news. I'm doing a, a format we've done a couple times before. Um, I'll have a guest on tonight who's also going to be speaking on newsy-ish things. Um, but uh, let's go through these real quick. Got... No, you can find us on all these platforms, Twitch, Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Twitter, Anchor, and Spotify. People over politics, people helping people. It's James Tollier for Kentucky. That's Tollier4KY.com. That's T-O-L-L-E-R, the number 4KY.com. Then we've got uh, someone who has been described as pretty gangster by a dude on this <laughs> network. It is Chris Bye for Alaska's congressman. Because uh, nothing says gangster like the uh, the pose that Chris buys in right now. Nothing says Doug Life. <laughs> then we got, uh, let's see. If you want to call in, go to that right there, anchor.fm slash not real libertarian. Then go to the website, uh, not real podcast.com. It'll get you to the merch store. They We are using Proud Libertarian now, which is fantastic. Awesome dude. Awesome people that work over there. Uh, And they make awesome stuff. Electnallybruno.com, redemptiontactical.com. You know, things are uncertain right now. Don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you need a ballistic face mask. You can never have too much PPE. Uh, Cardinforkern.com. Then we got itstimealaska.com. Hashtag Chris for AK. Uh, you can find her on at Ollie's Mom 2014. That's Christine Womack. So. You'll usually see me in her comment section making fun of her or something. So, uh, if anything, the show for that. And that's it. Nobody else wants to hear me talk. So, uh, you know, I'm going to bring up my guest tonight. Um, he works over at Midget Water Media. I'm sorry, uh, Muddied Water Media, uh, because they have a height requirement. If you are above five ten, no go. Uh, so uh, I've got a gentleman who does his lines share the work. Uh, he's known for facial hair, uh, Mister Bearded Truth, Jason Lyon. 
Oh, what an introduction! First of all, oh my god, yeah, no, it it was five nine, and then they were just like, you know, we got to up the standards for you, so they moved it to five ten, and uh, you know, welcome to Money Waters Media. They said, <laughs> oh, it's funny. Oh. It, what is really hilarious is seeing all you dudes hang out like together. It's it's like uh, it's like somebody cloned a bunch of uh, LP bros and just put them together. And it's like they're all the same height. They kind of look the same. It's weird. It's funny because I was flexing on them. So, um, of course, he's referencing – He, I had Bootleg. I had Cajun. I had Brian Scott Lambrick. I had uh, the one and only Jenny, your meme whore. Uh, Scott or Spike Cohen and Matt. I called them Spat in the in the pre-show, and, and Bootleg loved that. So I'll share that with you guys as well. I had everyone come over to my house for uh, a convention and you just see all of us and we're just like level playing field. And I'm like the little hump in the road um, comparatively. And we're all the exact same height. And you've got, you've got bootleg coming in, just towering over the house, trying to fit his way through the door. I, I did hear someone say fee five, 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 a few times. So it was throwing me off a little bit. <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> oh god that was such a fun weekend though uh, oh it was we need to have more South Carolina conventions without the party <laughs> it would be so much better that way at that point you would just call it a party though wouldn't you it would be a great party it would be the best party it would be the best party you've ever seen <laughs> funded by China we we built the convention and we made Mexico pay for it. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure some of the drugs that would be passed around in those in those times would be from the cartel, though. So we're on both sides of the war. Let's go. I'm on the side of the drugs, and the drugs are winning. Yeah, everyone likes to be on the side of the winner. You know, that's why you got to be on the sides of the fun times. Oh God! So this is this has turned into a, a weird comedy hour. Um, <laughs> but we we did want to talk about some serious, some serious news. Um, so for those who don't know, uh, the state of Tennessee has passed a very odd bill, um, and so that bill is House Bill eighteen thirty four. Um, it has a it's it's also called Bentley's Law. Um, And so basically this law creates a new section under, uh, it would be tied into section 39-13-213. Actually, I'm going to do this. I'm going to just copy and paste it. Uh, You can see it in the comments because I'm not reading all of that. But basically it refers to vehicular homicide while under the influence of drugs or alcohol or whatever. Um, the bill states that if you are convicted of vehicular manslaughter or homicide um, and the person that you killed, one or both of the people were parents, then you now owe restitution um, to the child and possibly the caregiver, which it does state in the bill. The caregiver can be the state. They, Yeah, which would be phenomenal because the state would be like, yeah, we don't need that much money because we're funded by the taxpayer. No, of course, you're, you're going to be paying astronomically. It's going to be 80 grand a month. 80 grand. 
No, uh, it, 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 I was shocked to see this bill come flying through and, and get that. Uh, of course, they're waiting right now for the governor. I don't know if your guys' governor, I think it's in June that you guys have all of your bills get signed from the, from your general assembly. Um, but, um, no, this bill is, is one of those things that when you look at the criminal justice system and the way that it functions, um, Tennessee is, is somebody who, see if I remember my stats correctly, they're, they're more um, worried about punishing than they are about prevention. And this is another one of those bills that falls right in line with that. And, and so when, they're, when you're looking at this bill, it's an additive, right? You already mentioned that it was criminal homicide or uh, vehicular homicide, but it's also a DUI. So you get a DUI stacked on top of a vehicular homicide and then now stacked on top of this where you're paying child support until the kid turns 18 or until their class would have if they drop out. Yes. No, so it actually says 18 or until they graduate high school in the bill. So that's the actual verbiage it uses. So here's also another kicker that a lot of people aren't talking about. So they're not responsible for that bill if they're in prison. So if you've been convicted of a vehicular homicide, which I think carries at least uh, 10 to 15 years in the state of Tennessee, if it's in conjunction with the DUI, um, so you're talking 10 to 15 years that that person's not going to be able to pay that. Well, if the kid's 10 at the time, 15 years, I mean, they're, yeah, they're not getting anything. So this bill is essentially useless. Like maybe if the child's two, they might get a couple years worth of something. And the other issue is it doesn't state in the bill which court is going to determine the amount that the child gets. If it's family court, forget it because basically they will suck that person dry for everything they got yep. yeah it was really interesting because you know this is also the bill so if you for those of you in the viewership uh, this bill is two pages long so a very short and simplistic bill um but they talk about the different criteria or the different factors that they're going to look at when they actually implement child support um, and the, it's not determined on how much the driver gets, but it's more determined based on the child, their life. Um, so the financial needs and resources of the child, the, of the surviving parents, the guardians, including the state, if the child is in the custody of, of DSS or DCS, um, standard living in which the child is accustomed, the physical and emotional condition of the child and the educational needs of child's physical and legal, legal custody arrangements and reasonable work-related child care expenses if it was like a single surviving parent. Um, mm -hmm. And so this is, you know, it's one of those things that you want to try to, you know, when we talk about the criminal justice system, or at least when I do, I, I talk about it from three different aspects. One, to prevent crime, two, to, uh, or to prevent actual crime, not victimless crime, but to prevent actual crime, two, to make victims whole, and three, to restore people who've committed crimes, to restore them back to, um, to where or rehabilitate them to where they can come back to society and be, be good people um, and not do things when they actually harm others. <clears throat> and so when you look at this, um, if you have right. And, and the financial burden for getting a DUI in Tennessee, the financial burden of getting a vehicular homicide, uh, losing your job, having a felony, because it's a, it's a felony on your first offense just for a vehicular homicide uh, attached with DUI the opportunity for you to get a decent job after that is slim to none. 
so you've you've destroyed people's ability to make money and then you say potentially they're going to have some time where they're going to have to pay even more money on top of that of course you get backed up with back pay on child support guess what you have to go on to sr22 car insurance which nobody can afford that if they already have a shit job and it, we're just compiling this onto people and it's like yeah it's a terrible terrible circumstance and only made worse by this legislation you know yeah, so there's only two ways I've talked to people that this legislation should have been written. Basically, number one is if uh, the bill stated that from the time that the child's parent or parents were killed um, up until they're 18, you calculate how much that child's owed. Um, and then when that individual who committed the, the, the DUI slash uh, vehicular homicide gets out, if they pay that restitution to help make that person whole and it it, it it wipes away their felony and makes it a misdemeanor charge that I can see because that's helping people down the road instead of burying them in its debt. Because as you said, you know, while you're in prison, you accrue, you accrue debt. And then what well, you got this, when you get out, that's another debt plus all these other things that des- it's designed to basically bury you so deep in the system. You can never leave. Yeah. But the way that this is written and the other way that I've said it should be written was basically it states that, this bill uh, affirms the intention of the state to enforce or uh, improve the conditions in which a lawsuit is created between two individuals for these circumstances um, where these cases shall be escalated, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way it's written now is basically it's just, uh, hey, you did something wrong, so we're just going to bury you in a bunch of bills when you get out. Yeah. Good luck with the one- society. Yeah, and that was the thing that we were talking about as well. Is like when this is an additive, it's a, it's horrible, right? One of the things that I see a lot of people grapple with and struggle with this bill is that um, is the idea that people are being held accountable, right? So if we took this entirely into a vacuum and just this bill alone, if you were to kill a parent and then you had a child, right, to have responsibility for that child in, in the absence of a parent, right? There, There is at least a kind of an ethical point of view that you can look at that. And so instead of having it be a, a, an additive, right, I've spoken about it in the way of, of a replacement. So instead of catching the felon, instead of having the time served, instead of this, that, and the other, you give them the opportunity to say, hey, look, you know, as long as you maintain these child support payments, as long as you're able to to keep up with the system, um, you know, then you won't have to have the SR-22 insurance. Then you won't have to have this. And, and you can have people stay out. Now, of course, that means that, you know, there's a little bit of accountability on that. I, I, th- I think it's an interesting an interesting way that we can look at this to where people can step up and take ownership on this, but the way that it's working now, you know, as you described it, it, it's just a, a more of a feel good than, than anything else. Yeah. This is one of those bullshit bills where they're going to say, look what we did. You know, we care so much that we made sure that we wrote a bill that only counts until they're 18 or they graduate high school and they'll probably be in prison for 15 years of that. So look what we did. And I, 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 I joked about it. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's not really a laughing matter, but, but the idea is, is that if you want to, if you're going to roll the dice as a, as a driver, you might want to go to the poor neighborhoods because your child support's going to be less than.
I'll let you grapple with that one. <laughs> he took his mic that's, down. That's that's horrible. That is. It is. Person. But that. I'm but totally, that is the byproduct of this. Yeah, that's exactly. What, God, hey, come on. There we go. All right. So, yeah, I mean, that that's true. Because I mean, financially, right? That would make more sense to drive through the poor neighborhood because their standard of living is going to be lower. You don't want to drive through like, you know, the really nice parts of town where you're talking like multi million dollar mansions. Yeah. Like, where your annual income is their monthly income, you can't afford that child support. Just stay out of those neighborhoods. No. This is it's a it's another a, another thing where disproportionately we're going to affect the the poorer communities. Um, and here's the other question: Who, what, what determines, uh, you know, what is the standard of living? Right? Like, does that include cell phones? Does that include, you know, is that only just your lodging, or is that including the amount of food that you eat? Like all these other things. Like it's so incredibly vague. Like they could say, oh, well, you know, when you killed their parents, they were paying for, you know, her, her Bentley payments every month. Like, the, uh, uh. here's a Geo Metro. You, it'll do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's so stupid. It, it, it's one of those feel-good bills. It's got good intentions, but when it's played out, it's, it's what we would expect from any government. Um, and, and, you know, looking at your guys's, um, your guys's laws surrounding, um, the DUIs and everything else and, and just drunk driving laws, you guys are our top half. You guys are like number 19, uh, for ranked harshest, uh, against DUIs. So you guys are already up there and then now we're adding more things onto it. And it's just like being the most harsh is not something that will net you, uh, a better society. Otherwise, Oklahoma, which has the highest rate of, of people of uh, inmates on death row, Oklahoma, you'd feel safe, but they don't have the lowest homicide rate. They don't have the lowest number of crimes that are going to lead you to um, lowest number of crimes that will lead you to being on death row. They have a continuing booming population in that. So these laws aren't stopping it. So maybe, Maybe, hopefully, one day we can see a government that's actually going to address the root issue rather than just continue to give you the feel goods. Yeah. Uh, I think Tennessee's an interesting state. I've lived in Virginia. I've lived, I've lived all over the place. Um, t- Tennessee does have some really strict laws, but typically the law enforcement presence is super low, at least where I'm at. Like, you can go... I, like. Like, I used to live near D.C., right? Like, that's where I graduated high school. Matt and I mm-hmm. actually graduated from the same high school just decades apart. And uh, You sent me his high school picture. I remember that. I but, uh, <laughs> like, up there, cops are fucking everywhere, dude. You can't throw a rock without hitting a cop. Down here, you'll go three, four months without ever seeing a blue. Wow. Wow. So, I know a lot of people who drink and drive on a regular basis. They're pretty good at it. I mean, they do it so often. Because nobody's around. But we, we typically have more, like, drug-related issues. Like, we don't have a whole lot of DUI crashes, I guess, because it's like a sport around here or something. But Yeah, once you get the experience of it, you know. <laughs> Play enough crazy taxi in the arcade as a kid, and you learn to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's... it's <laughs> yeah, they don't... Yeah, it's weird. It's, uh... I just... Dude... Like I just put, 
I'm not going to go into that story. That's stupid. But, yeah, dude, Tennessee, I mean, I don't know who they're targeting with this specifically, right? Like, it's – it's. Oh. Yeah. It, 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 the one joy of this is it's not it, – it doesn't look like they're targeting any one specific group. That's great. That's how we would like to see legislation. Now if we could just get them to realize what the – implications and what the results of those would be maybe an economics class would be good for a requirement to to get into government but i you know us well you know it's funny is that they passed this bill but uh tabled the uh the bill that would allow marijuana legalization recreationally in the state of tennessee to be on the ballot in november they tabled that but they passed this shit through i i wish that as as money hungry as all these governments are, I wish that they would just finally step up and realize that the the you know as we joked about earlier, the the drugs have won this war. You might as well ride that ride those coattails all the way to victory and and collect some money along the way. I'm 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 much more in favor of having them be legal and paying some taxes on them so that people can know what's in them, so people can stop getting cut. Uh, stop having their their drugs cut and you know seeing fentanyl deaths and all these other things. I'd rather see those be on the legal market, just like what we do marijuana. Um, of course, we're talking about marijuana here, not just the, the other drugs. But so having those drugs be sold over the table rather than in back deals where you're having people's lives be destroyed. Let's just move it forward. Government can collect some taxes; they could be happy with that, and overall, the people will be happier because they're smoking a little bit more and food sales will go up too. So I, I think you guys have food sales there, right? Food sales. Tax? Food sales tax? Uh, I believe there's a small one. If there is one, there's a small one. Uh, there we go. Another benefit. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. You yeah, could be living but... in South Carolina where we find marijuana, cannabis, and the rest to be the devil's lettuce. And that ain't happening in our Bible Belt. <laughs> See, what really surprised the shit out of me was I I did some research and tried to find, like, what the polls were for, like, approval for recreational legalization. It's, like, almost 90% in the state of Tennessee. Dude, it's high. Like, so, bootlegging in Tennessee moved from alcohol into uh, marijuana years ago. Um, like, it's not like one of those, like, like, people don't think of, oh, this shit was grown in Tennessee. But, uh... Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people I know around here that like grow it themselves and their their family farm or whatever. They hide it and grow the shit out of it and sell it around town. Like it's that's farm to to joint fresh. Yeah. Oh man, that's the label on that. Yeah, that that's beautiful. Um, well, I mean, you you'd already said you don't you don't see the blue for three or four months at a time. So I mean, it's perfect opportunity, perfect environment to do that. And and they're ready to kick in grandma's door one day just to get that Facebook post, I guess. But um, eventually, eventually, governments are going to have to to realize that they're way behind the times. That they're going to have to accept these things, and they're going to have to push forward on on ending the war on drugs. Whether that's just starting on marijuana and then going the way of of like Denver and being like, all right, you guys can have mushrooms too. You guys can have this, that, and the other, and then realize, oh my God, we've made boogeyman out of shit that grows out of the ground i mean literal shit when it comes to mushrooms but um you know they made a big boogeyman out of things and then people realize like 
you guys are full of shit. Maybe if you guys would actually go after real things, maybe, you know, instead of going after somebody for, uh, for a little marijuana, maybe you could go through that, that 50 weeks backlog of rape kits that you guys have. Oh, don't worry about that. That, that. That's an actual crime. You guys won't be worried about that. Not much money in that making or in that market. Um, <clears throat> I'm willing to call him out. Fuck it. Hey, we got this dude who raped six people in the last week alone. And then we got this guy with the pound of weed. Give me that motherfucker with the pound of weed. <laughs> you got grandma sitting down there who's got old and brittle joints is just smoking her own just to, to try to try to help her other ones and now nah, we gotta take down grandma grandma's a gang leader she's uh you gotta topple the kingpins you think they'd put one of those weed breathalyzers on your walker <laughs> they would put it on yeah with the tennis balls just start the tennis balls <laughs> They put a bird on Grandma's walker. <laughs> just, every time you come on here, it gets dark as shit. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm I'm a good neighborhood friendly libertarian. That's my story at least. <laughs> Fucking grandma. Fucking grandma <laughs> growing her, her damn marijuana. The the devil's latest. Uh, See, actually I really I do have a lot of really great conversations with uh with Southern Christians, Southern Baptists, whatever, about prohibition. And mm-hmm. I always so I used to be heavily in the church. Like I used to be involved in a bunch of stuff. Now I've removed myself from it because organized religion is like organized government. It it always breeds corruption, no matter what you do. Anyways. Yeah. So I explain to people, I say, look, anybody can steal this, but I say, look, if you look at the first lesson the Bible teaches you is that prohibition didn't work for God. Why do we think it'll work for us? And then you go into that conversation where we can ban whatever we want to, but people are still going to do it. And then yeah. it, it's it, from that point on, they're like, well, shit, you're, you're kind of right. Yeah. And, and of course, like a lot of, some people will come back with, yeah, but murder's bad and we, we, you know, we ban that. It's like, yeah, because there's a victim there. And, and going down that, that whole rabbit trail with people, that's been, that's been one of the, where you can get into some fun conversations, of course. But, but you're absolutely right. These, these <clears throat> my favorite is to, to find those constitutional people that are like, you know, I love the U.S. Constitution. It's great. And like we need to, to love and support it. And, and don't get me wrong, right? There's plenty of things in there that you should love and support, like the Second Amendment and, and its actual definitions and meanings. Um, <clears throat> but then it's like the first question you go to is where is don't smack that on the desk. Um, <laughs> but um, where is it enshrined? Where is it enumerated that the federal government has powers over the war on drugs? And it's like, well, they don't. Well, where did they have this power in the prohibition of alcohol? Oh, it took them a constitutional amendment. Oh, that's crazy. So they just did this on their own when it came to the war on drugs. If you're a constitutionalist, you can't be on the side of government when it comes to the war on drugs. You can't do it. Um, breaking it down from, from that perspective has gotten a, some people, at least, because let's be honest, there's a lot of people that say they're the constitutionalists, but they've read the front cover of it. Maybe. They like the idea. 
Yeah, they so people like the Constitution until it doesn't enforce what they uh, want to be enforced. <clears throat> now, if you want to look at it from a constitutionalist standpoint, your argument is, okay, the federal government cannot ban this. However, do the Tenth Amendment states can. Because then it falls to, uh, I got a federal constitution, that's how that makes sense. States are different, but, you know, I think what we've seen is that a lot of states, a lot of people in a lot of states are willing to fight that fight, more so at the local level, more so than than at the federal level. Because I think a lot of people get scared of fighting the feds because it just seems too big and too scary. Yeah, the union does a lot more work there. (laughs) It's It's a much bigger piece to tackle. Yeah. But, yeah, but like a lot of states have been legalizing it year after year after year. I mean, we've seen Mississippi actually passed it, and then because they didn't like that it passed, they took it back. But we are seeing states making this push uh, year after year after year, and they're getting it legalized because they're seeing, hey, this is kind of bullshit. So once we get all 50 legalized or something close to it, then the push becomes easier for other things like, hey, you know, we were right about weed. How about mushrooms? And yep. then we yep. do the mushroom thing. Hey, we were right about mushrooms. How about black tar? <laughs> that's what I was hoping you'd go. That's that's the one I'm getting on board with, right? I am not somebody who will ever touch black tar heroin, but this is this is the the purity test. This is the test of are you in it or are you not? And and some people could be in it, right? And I'm okay with you being in it for for the marijuana and for the for the cocaine and for the uh, the mushrooms and maybe the ecstasy, but once it comes to black tar heroin, this is where this is where people you got to see if you've got the gusto. And uh, you know, I'm I'm here for it. I'm ready for that conversation of like, you know, if you want to do a stupid thing to your body, I'm okay with it. Shoot it up. Let's let's have a, a manufacturer create it that way. You know, they don't you don't have to worry about it if you got Drano in it. Uh, You'll have a little bit more information. You'll have a, a little ingredient list of, hey, here's the fucked up shit you're about to fucking melt and put in your body. Oh, oh, this is, this is this delicious. Is this is this is gourmet <laughs> shit. Royale with cheese. Oh man, you reckon um, that'd be a flavor of like black tar heroin? El Royale with cheese. Oh, it should. Oh, it should. <laughs> but it's it's it really is one of those things that. And I love how like far off off topic we are. Um, but it's really also one of those things that like uh, we're of course here as libertarians. We are black flag raised, um, spit on our hands and and take care of the tyrants the way they need to be. Um, Sutton throats. You remember the quote H. L. Mencken? Is that not a quote you remember? Uh, it's, sometimes it takes good men to raise black flags, raise the black flag, spit on their hands, and slit the throats of tyrants. Um, because fuck a tyrant. Um, so uh, you know we're here for that, and of course, when we advocate uh, against the war on drugs, this is a matter of bettering our society. This is a matter of bettering the lives because when people are dependent upon it because of a broken healthcare system, right? When people jump on a heroin. People aren't just waking up one day and like, you know what's going to be great today? I'm going to go find me some heroin. No, they usually, for many of the people, they have like circumstances that leads to it. And then eventually it's like, you can't afford the healthcare. You can't afford to, to get out. You're, you're kind of stuck in a situation. And there you go, pop it. And you're like, holy shit. 
now you're addicted. Now you're going off on this. So we look at this from, from the aspect that we want to make society better, safer and everything else. We want to end the possibility of, of, of law enforcement overreach of coming through and, and violating your privacy. We want to see where people who are dependent and, and um, addicted to drugs to be able to have a means of raising the issue to their families, to their friends, to their coworkers, to their employees, um, to be able to say, I need help and to be able to get those things rather than being like, if you reach out right now, go enjoy yourself for a little while. And then once you come out, good luck in that same job back. Um, it's, it's a thing where the war on drugs has made everyone's lives worse rather than better. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people will get clean for a drug test, especially if they know the company will only do that entry level drug test. And then, They'll use drugs the entire time that they're there. But we, we, we make these, uh, for whatever reason, companies make these weird concessions that they're, they're going to test for drugs. They're going to do this, whatever, whatever, whatever. And at the end of the day, they don't really care. They just do these things for, I guess, insurance purposes or whatever. Yep. But um, it, it's not super truthful and it's not super accurate. And the, the war on drugs has, and as we've, we all know we, we can dive down this rabbit hole later, but you know, it, it's caused this immigration crisis that Fox news loves to talk about, but mm-hmm. they are not willing to make the concession that it's the war on drugs and the involvement of the U S government in South and Central America. That's caused that issue. So when you yeah. stop feeding to that issue, the other one solves itself, but they don't want to. But one thing I did want to bring up, uh, is Stephen Andrew Witt, if a person kills someone, there should be consequences, or there is consequence. So we actually talked about that earlier, that it shouldn't be just like nothing happened. But um, the way that the bill is written will basically be nothing happening. Um, it's basically a bill that says uh, you owe restitution to this kid until they're 18 or graduated high school. But... Um, the, if you're getting a vehicular homicide, which is the one of the prerequisites for this bill being possible, you're going to do 10 to 15 years anyway, so you might pay, what, a couple years? Maybe. And then that's it. If that, yeah. If you even get that. So this is yeah, just a useless bill. Yeah, the, uh, this bill is riddled with, with just logistical issues in the way that it's written. It, it, it really is just nothing but a feel-good. Um <clears throat> No, unless he was talking about, <clears throat> unless he was talking about with the drugs, I don't know where Stephen when that comment came through. Um, was he talking about when it came to the war on drugs? Which everybody, oh. every, I think everyone agrees that when you kill somebody, there's consequences, right? That's mm-hmm. the basic premise of of non aggression principle, et cetera, et cetera. When you violate someone's rights, there should be consequences. Yeah, which includes the exactly. right to lie. Yeah. Exactly. And and so I yes. I'm I'm on board with that idea entirely. Regardless of what the circumstances, if you take somebody's life, there should be some form of con okay. Um there should be some form of, of consequences on those. Yeah. But <clears throat> so speaking of violating rights, because this will be super smooth. Um so Joe Biden has enacted a new committee be formed or ordered, demanded, uh, whatever the fuck word you want to use, uh, demanded the DC, uh, DHS 
Department of Homeland Security to create a board to fight disinformation, which is basically the George Orwellian 1986, uh, the information or the truth board or whatever the fuck they Ministry call it. Ministry of Truth. The Ministry, Ministry of, of truth. truth. That's right. Yeah. Yep. Oh, man. It's so beautiful because what you would expect from the Joe Biden administration, um, who is barely capable of getting out a coherent sentence, um, definitely can't get out a coherent speech all the way through, um, <laughs> has been riddled with telling the public lies over and over and over again. Um, is now creating a board that will hopefully be fact-checking him. But as we all know, it, the fact-checking is going to be people who are speaking out the truth because we are in a, a circumstance, we are in a situation right now where um, it's the fastest time from conspiracy theorists to reality when it came to COVID and a lot of other things. Um, and so this, this ministry of truth, they're going to be working in the same way of saying, no, 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 these are all conspiracy theories, right? Of course, when we spend 300 and or when we spend 33 trillion dollars or a uh, billion dollars over to Ukraine, that's that's not going to affect funding. Um, when we spend trillions upon trillions of dollars um, in deficit, that's not going to raise the debt. That's not going to cause inflation. The Federal Reserve printing money, that doesn't cause inflation. These are the things that we should expect from the Ministry of Truth. Um, especially when you have an asinine woman such as Nina uh, Jankowicz, who her record on TikTok alone, I, I just if you if yeah if you want a good laugh, go check her out. <clears throat> yeah, so basically, with the way that this would work is that this they're what they're I'll say this this is what they're proposing. They're saying that this is just to make sure that the Russians aren't passing on disinformation. That sounds a lot like circa 2003. Look, this bill will only target terrorists. We aren't going to be targeting Americans uh, Mm -hmm. as they're secretly surveilling every fucking American on the planet. Um, I'm sure this will have nothing to do with that. I'm sure that they won't be using that same infrastructure to monitor what you're saying every day, what you're typing, what you're tweeting, whatever. I'm sure that none of those two things will work together. At yeah, all. the NSA would never work with the federal government. The NSA could would never do such a thing. The CIA would never work with these things either because they were also working homeland side. But but that that's all conspiracy theory. Sorry, sorry, I I didn't see those articles. We uh we, we as Americans we, we don't we don't spy on other Americans. Uh, you know there there is no active uh surveillance uh in the United States. Except for when it is happening. It's fine. <laughs> Except for the fact that uh, Fox News is wrong. And, uh, you know, uh, and see, now I'm starting to go into George Bush and less Obama. Because um, I was stuttering too much. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's going to be the same shit we've seen. They're going to monitor yeah. what you're saying. This is going to implement crazy conspiracy, but they're implementing a social credit system. They're basically finding out who the terrorists are. They've already said that they consider libertarians to be domestic terrorists because we don't think that the government should exist. And, I mean, it's... The the, the Department of Homeland Security does... Like, they were formed to hunt terrorists within the United States, right? What are they going to start classifying people who say, hey, you know, maybe we shouldn't have a government? What do you think they're going to do? Because now they're saying, oh, well, now you're being monitored daily by the DHS. 
I mean, they have the ability to just lock you up and fucking throw you away for domestic terrorism. And if you're if you're if you're convicted of domestic terrorism, uh, not convicted. If you're uh, suspected or alleged to have convicted, uh, convicted, committed domestic terrorism, whether it's verbally or whatever, they can hold you indefinitely. There is no such clause that says they have to release yep. you within forty eight hours. If you're considered a domestic terrorist, they can throw you in a jail for however long they feel like it. Yep, and that's uh, sex, Section 1020 of the National Defense Authorization Act for anyone who wants to look it up. I, I really lucked out because uh, my birthday is 1021, and so once I found out that my birthday in the NDAA is being able to indefinitely hold people without a trial, I was like, sweet, I'm I'm Mark of the Beast in many ways. Um <clears throat> No, and, and you're absolutely right, right? When it came to the 2003, when it came to 2001, I mean, that one day when those people did that one thing on, uh, what is it, September 11th, it, it, like, that was a that was a circumstance that created the TSA who has found no terrorists at all, has not stopped any bombings at all, but they found a lot of drugs, they found a lot of, of shampoo bottles that were too big and, and hairspray, and so they're... They're doing damn good work. And and so I'm sure this ministry of truth is just going to, they're going to try to get up to the standards of what the TSA is upholding, but it's, it's, it's a, it's a high bar to, to reach to. So we'll, we'll let them fly low for a little while. I mean, it, it's going to be so egroneously horrible, right? It's, it's going to be so bad because what we're going to see is just like with the ATF, each new administration that comes in, they're going to fight and bicker over who they're going to put ahead of their new uh, disinformation task force. And every four years, we're going to find out if saying, you know, Republicans are stupid is illegal or not. It, this is what this is. This is basically yep. the next step into totalitarianism. Like, the North Koreans have programs like this. The Chinese have programs like this. Why in the fuck are we like are there people applauding this They're like oh this is great i'm so happy i can't say nothing anymore but thank god this is happening yeah it took it took them about 24 hours on twitter so the first 24 hours once it got announced every republican's like this is terrible and then the next day just every Republican's making a poll. Which Republican do you want to see leading this panel it's like you guys have like 24 hours of i am I understand when rights are being violated to fuck it. It's new. It's going to be a weapon that we get a wield against the American people in just a couple of years when it's the most important election of our lifetimes. Uh, it's, it's just that shtick over and over again. And so what we, what we continue to see is Republicans and Democrats advocating for more growth of government, getting it going when they started it and then going, but now we get a wield it against it. And then suddenly Democrats are going to be opposed to it until, the pendulum swings again. It's just like, you're a fucking idiot. It's like I talked, like these people that, that promote, this is this is exactly how it is, right? So the people that are like, oh, we need universal health care. And I said, okay, would you be okay with Donald Trump being in, in control of your universal health care? And they're like, no. I'm like, well, if you have government-run health care, who do you think is in charge of that government-run health care? The fucking president. If you think Joe Biden or Donald Trump's going to be the last Donald Trump, ooh, buddy, uh, grab your history book and strap in. It's going to be a rough night for you. <laughs> yeah, no, it, 
never never wield yourself when you're in politics never wield yourself with something that you would never want your opponents to have i'm fine with them arming themselves with fully automatic rifles i am fine with it because i know that these fuds don't have a chance in hell so we could we could stick to the real stuff uh, but when it comes to government agencies, no, let's let's not arm arm ourselves or arm the others with them. Um, but you're absolutely right. You want to see Donald Trump or you want to see Joe Biden with this program that you're advocating for? Absolutely not. Well, that's kind of how history works. Uh, I was really shocked to see I had some local um, former chair of my county um, just a probably two or three months ago, they just sent out a simple Facebook post and it was, can't wait to see the pendulum swing again. It's just like, you're admitting that it doesn't matter at all. That eventually you guys will come back to power and eventually it'll go away and eventually it'll come back and none of the problems are going to be fixed, but good job on being able to campaign because you're stupid. Like, Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's just creating a weapon that's going to eventually shoot you, right? I mean, yeah. it's like it's like building a really sexy AR in the sand. Oh, man, it'd be a shame if someone picked this up and fucking shot me with it. And holy shit, here comes somebody to fucking shoot you with it. Because you threaten to shoot them with it. Whatever. Anyways, yeah, it is like it's, exactly what it is. They're going to tell you when they're going to come and shoot you. They're like, the election is the second Tuesday of November, and I'm coming for you. And second Tuesday of November, I'm going to come pick up this AR-15. You're, like, still sitting there, like, you're drilling into the third hole. Uh, you know, you're putting the bump stock on there because, fuck it, why not? Um, you know, you're, you're mounting this thing. You're making it beautiful. You're You're dialing it all in. You got a nice little scope on it. And then you're like... Oh, tomorrow is November fucking, what is it? November 8th this year? Oh, tomorrow is November 8th. And you just like see them like slowly walking from across the street, like just like one step every like two minutes. It's like, they're going to get here by midnight. (laughs) Yeah, you're just like, oh, they're coming. They're coming. And you're like still like actively building this thing. They're coming. And then then you're laying on the ground screaming, how could this have happened? I don't understand why. It's it's all it is. And I mean, it, it's as we've always said, the Second Amendment protects the first and all the others, right? Well, coincidentally, I mean, this administration's been talking hard about, you know, gun legislation, you know, reducing the number of firearms on the market, all this other thing. Well, I mean, we're not going to get too deep into it, but this is just pure evidence of why amendments like the second is so important because you have to defend every little increment. Because if you don't, next thing you know, they're creating a fucking truth board and or the Ministry of Truth, and they're like, hey, remember when you said fuck Joe Biden on Twitter like three months ago? Get in the SUV. <laughs> We're I hope not even you brought gonna, lotion. Yeah, we're not even gonna fake like we're putting candy in those trucks. It's just you. It's just you and a bunch of men. We're gonna take care of you with no lube. <laughs> it. it oh, I just 
you you, you got to look at this stuff and be just so disheartened in one way. But the this wouldn't be as bad. And and speaking from in the context, this wouldn't be so bad if the pendulum swing was to a party that shrank the government and then a party that grew the government. But instead, we have a swinging to a government that grows the government, and then this one grows the government in a different way. And exactly, we're just building up the Great Wall of China, but it's our government that's the wall. And and so it's miles wide. No one can traverse this thing. You, you won't be able to walk across it. Um, you won't be able to get over it because it's monolithic in size. Um, you know, you're the Huns. GG, bros. I'm going to go over here and just get fucked. (laughs) (laughs) Like, legit, like, that's that was a great analogy that the U.S. government's like the Great Wall of China. Yeah, we're going to bankrupt ourselves building it. I mean, it's going to take forever to build to a massive level. And and eventually, when the the boogeyman actually shows up at the door, they're just going to literally fucking pole vault wherever the fuck they feel like and just come right on in. And it's... and here's another scary thing is that they, the, the word that they used, but they were targeting disinformation. And if we've seen anything in the last five years, everything that they don't like is disinformation. Everything. I mean, we got a strike, a hard strike on YouTube because I did an article. I read, a, read about an article where athletes were dropping after giving, uh, having received the COVID vaccine. I'm talking about it again. It's going to give us a hard strike. Anyways. Uh, that episode, I talked about it. Um, got a hard strike for COVID disinformation. I'm like, this isn't disinformation. And they said, well, it conflicts with what the CDC says. I'm like, it doesn't because they haven't addressed it. They're not talking yeah. about it. Well, if they haven't talked about it, then it hasn't happened yet. That's the way the government works. And and this is something that I've, I've spoken a lot about um, is that, you know, we're taught in school that there's three branches of government. And I think that that's incredibly inaccurate because there is the fourth branch of government. Of course, that's the media. That's, you know, you've got the MSNBCs, the CNNs, the Fox News and all of them. You have the WAPOs, the, you know, the oh, Washington, yeah. New York Times and all of these things where they are feeding us nothing but propaganda to fulfill their own sides. And and they're giving us misinformation by omitting so much of the conversation. You know, we talked about it earlier with the war on drugs. If you want to talk about why there's so many people traversing over the the Southern border, and I can understand the desire for wanting a, a completely sovereign nation to cut down borders. I disagree with it entirely, but we at least have to be honest about why people are traversing. So one, there's the cartels that have been armed by the CIA, uh, Fast and the Furious, if you guys are, are looking to, to dive into that fun stuff. Um, you've got the war on drugs where, you know, it's a black market here in the States, but if they grow it across the southern border, they can bring it across and they can they can make sales. Um, and that's also is one of the reasons for gang violence in, in all of our communities, which Fox News is another one of those entities that goes against it. So we have like... We have the truth of what's going on in these circumstances, but the media gives you the propaganda. So if you go against the media and you say, no, here's the actual problem. Here's the actual issue. Government started this. Government is making this worse. You're going to be labeled as misinformation. You're going to, your social credit score is going to get shut down. You no longer will be able to get your, your home loan. You'll no longer be able to pay your mortgage. Uh, you'll have to get kicked out of your house go bankrupt and then suddenly nobody wants to hire you because you've got a, a negative 13 social credit score. Thanks Biden. They're calling it a new committee on public information. I didn't know what that was. I was like, Oh, 
This wasn't in the, the fucking history books, so I look into it. The Committee of Public Information was formed prior to World War One to create propaganda to raise support for involvement in the First World War, which anyone who's done any research knows that World War One led to World War Two. But it was Woodrow Wilson, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah, the Committee of Public Information was a government agency created during World War II to distribute information intended to influence public opinion to inspire support for the for America's entry in the war. It was a propaganda wing created. And they're like, oh, this is what it is. It's super fine. It's great. No! That's worse. That's the worst comparison other than, like, maybe the Patriot Act. Ugh. No, and, and like, you know, when, when the Yush... The Yushin. The Ukraine and Russia's <laughs> I keep I keep melding words together. When the Russian Ukraine situation started, um, I was flabbergasted because I fell for it. I fell for one of the things that came out. Um, of course, whenever your country goes to war, propaganda is one of the first couple of things that you need in order to inspire your people to get engaged, to get involved, to defend their homes, defend their country. Um, and I fell for it, you know, covering the propaganda from World War One. From World War II, from the Vietnam War, from 9-11, from, you know, going into Afghanistan, going into Iraq, going into Yemen, going into, um, oh, geez, we could go through like a whole list of, of countries that we've been. But it, it, like we have seen this propaganda. A lot of people have still kind of accepted it as fact. But the problem is, is that this is something that continues coming from government. They have a bias. They have a clear objective when they release information, and that is to try to make you either A, feel good about what they're doing, or B, feel bad about what the other team is doing. This, These are not sources you want to get your information from in the slightest, and as long as you see somebody buddying, buddy up to one of these government entities, you know that they have that bias in, in, in their head. They want to make their team look good. They want to make the other team look bad. Go look on MSNBC. And go just scroll through them. I, I'm stuck at work. The only thing I can look at is yahoo.com. If you go on Yahoo, if you see a Democrat's name in the list, they will put D in there. And they will say, look at what a great job this Democrat is doing. You look at a Republican, it's like that darn Georgia uh, House of Representative, I forgot her name, MGT. You know, she's a, she's a crazy loon. MTG. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Yeah. Or MTG. Yeah. Um, you know, look at this loon ball. Look at Sen- Senator Ten- Ted Cruz leaving the country. You know, is it- they do this routinely. And so you can't trust the media. You certainly can't trust the government. So that's why you got to go to Bootlegs, Not a Real Libertarian podcast, so you can get get the up and the no. Yeah. And the, the, the other kind of really bad thing about this is if they do start po- uh, peddling out propaganda again, going against that propaganda will be considered disinformation and this board is designed to go after disinformation they say it's russian disinformation but i mean at this point anything will be russian disinformation as long as they get what they want out of it so you know i i i was there was there was a good reason why i thought that they had hired uh kamala um to the vice president but here's the next big reason you create the ministry of truth when you say something bad about, about government it's now hate speech (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah yeah you, now you committed or not committed created a, a hate speech board which we all know that they're trying to to work around to create a hate speech law so that they can actually find you or target you legally 
for saying things. Like, which is insane. Yeah. The First Amendment doesn't exist. And, and, you know, uh, looking at the Twitter fiasco from what was it last week? That was, that was big enough. Like, for a lot of people to, to be like, free speech is bad. It's just like having an equal playing field. Ugh. Having an equal playing field for people to to talk on is bad when your ideas suck, and that's the that's the one thing government doesn't want you to have is an equal playing field with them. That's why this minister of truth is being pushed out so hard, and is being adopted and loved and adored by those who who cherish government. Yeah, it was uh, the Washington Post, I believe, that has the their masthead as uh, "Democracy dies in darkness." And I made a tweet not long ago before the show that said, I, and I tagged them, and I said, I wonder if the Washington Post will keep their democracy dies in darkness as they become a hand puppet for uh, the federal government. Oh, hashtag, man, they've nothing but. Yeah, hashtag like, Ministry of Truth. <laughs> I was actually was really surprised that they have, they still have the exclusive rights to the Afghanistan papers. So you have to buy a subscription with them to, to go check into that. Read them. And if, yeah, if anyone hasn't read through, you know, take a month off of work and just sit down and read them. Um, what it takes. It, it, it's what, like 900 documents? It's, it's a, it's a great abundance. It, but it shows you just how incompetent our government has been. And then there we go. But they will be able to tell what this information is. The woman that they put in front or in charge of this, Nina, um, she has gone out of the way of of the the recent uh, Twitter account that came under scrutiny and was doxxed, libs of TikTok. She came out in support of this journalist who went out and doxxed uh, an, an an anonymous account on Twitter because she, libs of TikTok was retweeting her TikToks. Wasn't putting commentary, just retweeting her TikToks. It was like, basically, here's the shit show. You guys want to check this out? And people go, what kind of fucking idiot is that? They're like, well, it's a journalist over at Washington Times. Or, yeah, Washington uh, over Post. at Washington Post. Yeah. So it, it was just like, we just merely retweeted what you were doing, and then you come through and dox us. And so Nina... So do you realize like, like it was I stupid? Support. Is that why you're upset, or like, like why are you upset here? Because we just re- we just showed you content, right? Yeah. Are, are you are you mad because you realize you're fucking stupid or you're lying? Is that <laughs> you're just not used to getting any of your work published or or seen publicly? <laughs> you get it finally seen, and then people are like, "This is why your stuff doesn't get seen publicly." You knew your job was in jeopardy, not because of other people, but because of your own shit. Um. But she came out, Nina came out in full support of her and was just like, you know, you go girl, like, sorry, you're a victim in all this, you know, how dare you get, cause her family got doxxed in return. Mm-hmm. So she goes and doxxes lips of TikTok and their family and starts confronting them and, and ha- sending people. They, they made a tweet about it to have their followers chase this. And then afterwards, not lives of TikTok, but other people on, on the interwebs, because you know, that's how we are. Um, docs her family. And was just like, this is how shitty of a person this person is. And so and she got to play the victim regulate card. your speech. <laughs> yeah. And she got to play the victim card. And, and, and Nina's coming through with her, her new badge of, of misinformation or disinformation was like, 
I care about you. You keep playing that victim card because you're the one who got aggressed upon. How dare they retweet your stuff? How dare they share your information? You're and not dissect it. it. Yes, uh, Mr. Lyon, you're being tried for disinformation. Uh, the crime is you simply retreat, uh, retweeted someone else's information in a way that we didn't like. Uh, how do you plead? Uh, well... <laughs> It was definitely uh, misinformation, which is why I retweeted it. So I'll take it, but the author has to as well. Uh, we're we're <laughs> sending you to 75 years of hard labor in the gulag. Goodbye, uh, comrade. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't kick me actually to the gulag on that. <laughs> uh, that works. With, with this depressing development of... Uh, you will now be thrown in prison in the gulag with hard labor for retweeting shit off of TikTok. Uh, Mr. Lyon, would you like to share how people can find you if they don't know how to find you already? Yeah, you guys can find me on Facebook. Of course, my name is Jason Lyon. Uh, you can find me on, on Twitter, Mr. Bearded Truth. You can also find me on Muddy Waters Media every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Um, you can find me over there. So Muddy Waters Media on Facebook, on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, Float, Odyssey, and all your favorite podcast apps. And you can always find us at muddywatersmedia.com. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was amazing to be on, man. Uh, thank you for, for having me back. Always always fun to, to shoot the shit and uh, give you my shit hot takes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, you will now find out, uh, I guess I'll tune, tune in next week and I'll let you know if grandma does get a boot put on a walker or if they put a breathalyzer on it. Um, tune in tomorrow Jen. night for Miss, uh, yeah, she's going to make that meme now. Um, but, uh, tune in tomorrow night at 7 PM, same time as always at 7 PM Eastern freedom time for Miss Christine Womack and Liberty 101. Wednesday night is not a real veteran, same time, and not a real libertarian. It's Thursday night. Tune in for all the shows, for all of the shit takes. So, good night, <laughs> good liberty. Thanks for coming on, my good bud. Um, you're not a real libertarian. Thanks for having me back.